Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So we'll go through our regular opening routine, page 16. I think uh, we might start to adopt that melody for, for the English. <laughs> Here it is, a ground anointed. <laughs> okay. Let's try it now. <laughs> Maybe after. <laughs> uh, okay. Alright, so welcome everyone. Uh, so, by the way, before I forget, this uh, we won't have a Sunday class until actually until October because uh, next Sunday I'll be in Howell, New Jersey. There's a teacher who will be giving a teaching there, and after that I'm going to go and retreat, and I'll be back uh, from retreat in October. 
So the very first week in October, I'll be back. So that's when we will we'll resume. Okay. All right. So uh, we are definitely not going to finish the uh, all the boomies today. <laughs> we up to which boomie? Boomie two, right? <laughs> right. So well, we'll uh, we sort of have the uh, essence of what the, what the what the different boomies are. Uh, once you understand the first one, and you just take uh, gradually, if you already know what the uh, what the perfections are, and that sort of gives you a guidance as to what how, uh, what the next one, what the following ones will, will be like. Okay. So what happens? Uh, so when someone first look looks at the world, looks into the nature of the world, or not the ultimate nature of the world, but the the uh, conventional or the appearing uh, nature of the world, and it's and the person sees how the 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 world is uh, sort of uh, mixed in with with suffering. This the nature of the world is 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 mixed with suffering that you just can't uh, seem to escape. If when you are in the world, you just can't seem to escape suffering. Uh, no matter how happy you may be uh, for some time, eventually suffering is going to catch up with you again. And and because of that, it is said that even the the happiness that we experience is not is not true is not true happiness. And because of that, that kind of happiness, because it's not true happiness, is some sort of suffering itself. Because at the end of that that happiness, there is this, there is disappointment. There is having to lose that ha- kind of happiness. And when the person we clearly sees this, and the person sees that there is uh, not only there is this is the nature of the world, but it's not the nature of existence itself. You don't need to ex- uh, you don't need to have that that kind of experience while uh, uh, existing as as a, as a being. So and then not only you see that you clearly see that there is an end. There is a possibility of existing in a completely different way, where you don't have to. Uh, have to experience any kind of suffering, any kind of uh, disappointment, and uh, where you, you are free of the limitations that that, you, that we are bound to in this kind of world. So you have this this these two kinds of mind: a mind that is aspiring to something different, that you have a deep conviction in, in its existence, and then a mind that realizes the nature of of, of the, the suffering nature of this of this kind of of existing of existing this way. Okay, and when you really want to get away from 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 whatever it is that is causing this kind of ex- uh, suffering exist- existence, and you're aspiring to its opposite, then that's when you have developed renunciation. And when you take this renunciation, this kind of uh, uh, aspiring further, when you look at uh, the beings around you, you say, oh, they are also caught up in this in this kind of uh, existence. They are caught up in this suffering this way. And they have the nature of, of being able to be free them to free, to be freed from this nature from from this way of, of existing from to be free from suffering. And you take it upon yourself the personal responsibility to be able to do something about it. I want to be able to make sure that others find a way to get out of suffering. That others are able to find true happiness. And when you take on this personal responsibility. And then you you are you you aspiring now your aspiration to to be free from suffering has changed to aspiring to free others from suffering. You're 
and your the the path that you are going to follow where you are going to take the the path of you are you are going to take up uh, different kinds of practices you are going to take up different kind of behavior to free yourself from suffering now you're going to take up a different kind of behavior you're going to train your mind in a certain way so that you can become capable of helping others truly free themselves from suffering and that's when you have become that being that is called a bodhisattva okay uh, uh, a being with I think the term that uh, which is transition is a altruistic being a being of altruism okay so on your way to achieving your goal that is the Bodhisattva's goal is to become a fully enlightened Buddha when, the, when you become a fully enlightened Buddha then that's when you can not only are you free from the limitations uh, that, that are in, imposed upon, uh, upon us and you're free also from, from having to experience the sufferings and not only are you, are you, are you in that state you also have the capacity to also engage others and, and, and know what they need and uh, be able to help them and guide them so that they can achieve uh, freedom uh, from suffering. So from, from the moment you make, you make that intention and up, up to the moment when you actually achieve that goal, so they are, they are div it's divided into 10 definite stages or you can say, or you can even say 11 stages. The 11th stage is the actual attainment and the tenth stage is is you know, when you're no longer uh, uh, when you you have no more things no more learning to do it's like a graduate school or something and you and you and you're about to graduate you don't go to another grade you just you become the profession okay so you become the Buddha okay so there's an interesting thing that we talked about last time uh, uh, about how this number ten seems to be repeating itself this number ten about about uh, um, uh, the different stages of progress, and if you look at it also, uh, it's not only ten stages for progress as far as a person who's about to become a fully enlightened Buddha, but also there are these ten stage. There's also when you take the uh, take all the afflictions, all 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 the afflictions that, that exist from ignorance to pride to whatever okay so they sort of like have 10 degrees or, or uh, 10 degrees of subtleties 10 degrees of what, what levels okay so they have a very from they go from very gross to very subtle and it's the very subtle one that must be removed for you to become a fully enlightened uh, Buddha okay and as you remove them, they're from, you, you remove their, the, the potential for these, uh, for, for that particular grade of subtlety from your mind to, to ever manifest. When you remove that potential to ever manifest, that's when you, you have, that's when you, you, you graduate to a, to a, to a newer level. Okay. And also, we, are, what we also notice with, the, with this 9, 10, is that also, uh, not only it deals with uh, the different levels that the practitioner goes through, and also the different grades of of of, uh, of what they call obstructions that you are removing, 
but it also also deals with the you could say the different kinds of beings that exist. Okay. So when you subdue these different kinds of uh, the different degrees of these uh, obstacles or different degrees of the uh, what's the English word for Krishna? Afflictions. afflictions. When you subdue the different degrees of these afflictions, uh, uh, depending on how you subdue it, if you subdue it to a degree where it won't manifest for that for that life, that's a different kind of being. You you achieve a, diff- a, a certain kind of being. Okay. And when you if you uh, are only able to subdue it within a meditation, then it then for that period of time in that meditation you, you have you, you have achieved a state of mind that is very similar to a being who has subdued it for that life. That wasn't too confusing, was it? No. Okay. Alright. So you have so the, the the three kinds you have three kinds of not three kinds, three realms of of beings. You have the you have the beings, they're called the desire realm beings. You have the form realm beings and the formless realm beings. So that's one way of categorizing all the different kinds of beings that are in the suffering world, or the suffering that that that, that are experiencing a suffering existence. Okay, and depending on on, on the degree of of uh, natural, let's call that natural subjugation. Of those different kinds of, of afflictions that will determine what kind of natural life, what kind of natural being you are. Okay, so within the desire realm itself, most of the different kinds of beings uh, exist. So you have there those who have extreme suffering uh, uh, of the hell, hellish kind of suffering. Those who have uh, what is called craving suffering. You have animal suffering, and you have human suffering. And above the human, you have the uh, uh, what are called desire realm gods. So they're, they're sort of like play, uh, a, a, a good way of, this, of the, uh, translating the ter- their name is a pleasure beings. Okay, beings who experience pleasure, different kinds of pleasure, but pleasure in a sense, in, in only when you compare it to those below them. Compared to those below them, they are experiencing uh, their lives, the lives of pleasure, lives of leisure, and there are different grades. The, the first one uh, above the human realm is what we call the. Well, we had a nice term. No fighting. No, not that one. Uh, uh, the god, the, the kind of god that's always fighting with other gods. Demigods. No. Uh, uh, Asuria. Yeah, I thought there was another already. Titans. Is that a acceptable term already? Or is it making, we make it up? <laughs> Titans. That's an acceptable term for like demigods, right? I mean, is it in mythology, yeah, Western mythology, mythology, right? It exists that way, right? Titans. Titans are like the, you have, you have like different grades of gods. They are the low grades and the higher grades. The lowest grades of gods are, call, are called the Titans, right? No? Mm-hmm. Not really? For the gods. They're not quite gods. Before, yeah, they were kind of the original. They birthed the gods that were like Zeus and like, you know. Mm. Yeah. They were before the gods. Oh, okay. Yeah. Completely forget that. 
But they're less powerful than, yeah. but they are powerful as far as compared to humans. Right. But they're less powerful than like the other gods. Right. Okay. So okay. So that in in that sense, not that not not the full uh, mythology, but just just in the sense of how their power compared to humans and compared to the other, other gods. So the, that one. So the, these are uh, the it, the term that we've used to translate in, uh, so far is demigods. Okay. And um, for some reason, it doesn't, they never, never seem to you know, stick with me that, that term demigod. But I, I prefer Titan because it's something that we already are familiar with, right? So, well, you, you have your choice. You can choose tem- demigod if you want. <laughs> well, I, I just don't like it. <laughs> okay, so we have what? Okay. Well, certainly, there would be demitas and mocha grande. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you have these kinds of, of beings, the titans, and if you prefer demigods, okay, demigods. <laughs> and then right above the demigods, you, you have uh, uh, I think six other kind, six other levels. With then all this is o- are within what we call the desire realm. Okay, uh, that is the level, the natural level of subduing, or, or should we say, the natural level of what kind of klesha. What, what grade of Pesha is manifest okay, d- determines uh, those who are, who are stuck in the desire realm. That is, if you are, if you are, for those who are in the desire realm, they all have a gross, or you could say they have gross form, or different grades of gross form. Okay, so like for example, the the form of humans are considered to be more refined than the form of animals. And the form of the of the titans are considered to be more refined than the form of the of human beings. That is, the degree to which they can experience pleasure with that form, and the degree to which they can they experience pain with that form. That's what that's the subtlety, and also in terms of appearance. Okay. So you have, and then above that, uh, you can say the more appealing desire form, uh, the the gods. Then you have. Uh, how does it go from the land of the four kings, gods? That is, uh, there are a group of gods who are under the leadership of 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 of, of very powerful gods uh, that are called uh, the four kings. Okay, and each of them they're supposed to be in one of the uh, directions, cardinal directions. And you have above that uh, the land, uh, the world where there's a council of 33 gods and uh, I think in it's like uh, Olymp- Olympus isn't there some sort of, some sort of council in, in Mount Olympus or something no, something like that right why well, you forgot the mythology <laughs> they live there right <laughs> okay so something like that so there's supposed to be uh, no it's 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 not just 33 gods living there, but it's a bunch of gods, and then the among them, the leaders, uh, they make a council of 33. Okay. And above that, and they're the ones who are mostly fighting. They're they're, they're the ones who are always fighting with the uh, with the asuras, with the uh, with the titans. Okay. Now above them, uh, uh, the gods who, who who exist above them don't do uh, are not necessarily they don't uh, uh, engage in fighting, okay? Like the like the God of the thirty-three, okay? So you have 
the king, the four kings, the the thirty-three council of thirty-three, and right above that is the land of no no combat. Okay, and land of no combat is considered to be the damn most dangerous place to go to. <laughs> if I tell you the reason, you're gonna say, wait a minute, that that, that sounds crazy. The reason it, it, it's the reason it's the most dangerous is the name. Uh, the name will give you a clue. The people there do not have the affliction that will make them the, the affliction that will make you be competitive in terms of uh, competitive uh, uh, seeing wanting to fight someone, okay, arguing, fighting, going to war. The affliction that gives rise to these kinds of behavior is com- is is subdued there. Particularly that kind of affliction. So those beings who live in that in that in that realm can do, don't even understand the term fighting. And and you want to say, well, why why is that a dangerous place to go? Isn't that what we want to be? <laughs> we all want to have peace, and um, we want to we want to erase the idea of, of you know that makes make us want even ever want to go to war. Now the reason that's called dangerous is because in that realm, that's not the only thing that, that's not the only cliche, that's not the only uh, thing that is subdued. Also, when you're in that realm, you believe that you have, you have found, because it is so peaceful, because uh, everyone is, you know, lives uh, nicely with each other, no, no one ever wants to even argue with the other person. So people, because you live in such a peaceful, peaceful way, People would think that that's heaven, or in a sense that that's ultimate heaven. We have found ultimate heaven, and because you have this misunderstanding that you have found ultimate heaven, you don't make any progress to get to ultimate heaven. So you live there for a while, um, I don't know, a few eons or so, <laughs> without, ever, without ever even knowing the word fighting. And then, of course, the uh, the karma that propelled you to be born there, the force that propelled you to be born there. Eventually, it get, gets exhausted, and then you lose it. Okay, and when you lose it, and you see that when you lose it, you see that you're about to be born. You're about to lose this. This, you know, imagine living for a thousand eons, never knowing uh, fighting. You know, wherever you went, you never saw any fighting. You never even the, the the thought never even came to your mind, and you were completely convinced of, about that's, that's, that. That was it. You you reached the, the goal. And all of a sudden, towards the end, you see, your, you, def- you see yourself with certainty about to lose this, about to be born into, a, into strife, about to be born into, into the complete opposite of where you were. So when you, when you thought that you had reached ultimate, ultimate heaven, ultimate nirvana, now you, the, the danger is that you may f- form the conviction there is no such thing as nirvana. I worked hard to get here, and then I finally made it here, and then I w- and, and it's, uh, was so wonderful, and then and and then so all my hard work, thinking that I was going to get to ultimate heaven, all that all that hard work was for nothing. So there is no such thing as ultimate heaven. There is no such thing as nirvana. Okay, and when you make that conviction, that conviction itself brings about a lot of all those gross uh, afflictions. And then the person you lose that that state and you're and you're, and you're reborn in some lower in lower form. Okay, so that's why that state is called uh, that 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 place is called a dangerous place to be born. Okay.
Okay, so above that, uh, you have. Then uh, uh, no combat. Oh yeah, no. The app, the country uh, is called Land of Joy. Okay, that's that's the Tushita. And above Land of Joy, you have two uh, uh, two other two other worlds. Um, uh, you can't really understand what, what these worlds are. It's uh, imagine a, a place where all people do is have emanations. Well, I take out emanation over there, and they send an emanation over there. I think I said emanation over there. I mean, that, that, that's how I can explain it, and that's how I, I can understand it. I'm sure they do mo more than that, <laughs> but no, that's that, that's the, what they're famous for. Okay, for sending out emanations here and there. Okay. Just within that realm, or throughout? The throughout, throughout. Yeah, they, I mean, they could send an emanation here, and making fun of you. Look at it. He thinks that's a pillow. It's really. <laughs> so how many of these guys are? <laughs> a bunch of them. <laughs> more than the thirty-three. Uh, more than 33. <laughs> and uh, right above that, <laughs> it's, it's a bit funnier, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bunch of beings who's, who, who, how they exist is that when, when, the, when the ones above send an emanation, they send an emanation to control that emanation. <laughs> so they're called, it's the land of controlling others' emanation. Okay. The land of sending emanations, that's one. <laughs> and right above that is the land of controlling others' emanations. Okay. So the guy who sent who emanated your pillow, making fun of you, uh, uh, another one sends an emanation to control that emanation. So they control the bad emanations, or just all? Emanations? No, they control anybody, it, whatever emanation they want to control. So these guys are sending out emanations. It's not always good. Why can't they send good emanations? <laughs> Oh no! Sometimes they, they, they might they might send some good emanations. Yeah, yeah. They don't only send emanations to make fun of people. I'm, I'm just just that no. <laughs> Trying to make uh, to understand that you know a world where all, all they do is send out emanations, and another world where they send emanations to control other emanations. And while we're talking about that, <laughs> as when you make that determination to become a bodhisattva, or to become a, a fully enlightened being. Uh, as you make, as you uh, progress, uh, so you can say there are two ways of. What is it that uh, uh, your your the whole purpose of entering the path is to get rid of suffering, right? And suffering manifests in different degrees, right? So there are people who have intense suffering. There are people who have less suffering than compared with others. And when you have less suffering, then you start to experience different degrees of pleasure. And there are people who have intense pleasure, and there are people who have not, 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 uh, just little pleasure. Okay? And all this, it, what allows you, what makes the experience of, in, of different degrees of pleasure, different degrees of suffering, depends on the kleshas, or the, the afflictions. Depends on the degree to which you, you are able to subdue them. Okay, when you subdue them to such a degree that they are th that you know, like you make them go to sleep, like for example, you make the uh, just an example, you make desire, the, the the affliction of desire, go to sleep, and you remember there are uh, there are ten so there will be like ten degrees of subtlety of desire. There's gross desire and there's very subtle desire. Okay, and there's you know like nine shades 
of design be in between, okay, altogether. So depending on which degree of desire that you are able to subdue, that you make go to sleep, like if you make it go to sleep for an entire lifetime, then for that lifetime, you are free of whatever uh, uh, effect that kind of desire would have on you, okay. Like, for example, those who, are, who have intense desire, they're the ones, you could say, they are suffering from craving. Like, you ju- they, are, they have, a, they have an intense craving and they just can't satisfy it. And, and as a result of that, they are suffering from it. Okay? And then you can have, within the human realm, you have people who have intense craving, but it, it's not like it doesn't dominate their entire life. Or you can have a being where their entire lifetime is, is dominated by, that, by craving. Okay. And they just can't satisfy it. And then so all the conditions that, that, that would allow for, for this not being able to satisfy an intense craving would be present. Okay? You will also encounter all those different conditions. You will have a body that will make that, that craving, not be able to satisfy your craving possible. You will have a state of mind that will make it possible for you to not be able to satisfy your craving. You will see yourself in an environment that will make your, you, have, you will have intense craving and the environment would make it impossible for you to be able to pass to satisfy that craving. So all those conditions will be there. Okay. So the, what uh, also manifests with that klesha, or, or also, um, sorry, I keep using the word klesha. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be like Burzen, you know, use English words. <laughs> uh, what makes the affliction, what makes, uh, along with the afflictions, there are also other, other supporting factors. Okay. So, uh, th- when you understand this, uh, uh, all I have to do is explain to you just one bumi, and then you will be able to ex- go home and, and, and extrapolate the other, the other bumis. Well, to some degree. <laughs> okay? So, uh, so, what makes a particular degree of suffering, what makes a particular degree of, of pleasure, depends on how, to what degree a, 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 an affliction is subdued. Okay, so when you're able to make a, a particular uh, like, what makes someone be born as one of the gods in the no, uh, the council of therapy, for example, is that they have subdued uh, to a particular degree uh, uh, the the klishas. They have said, the, uh, sorry, I use it. <laughs> they have subdued the afflictions, a particular degree of the uh, of the afflictions. Okay. So if you imagine, just like, take the parallel from Bodhisattva to Buddhahood, and then you take uh, uh, the world, uh, uh, samsara, what's the psychic existence? If you take psychic existence from the, the grossest, lowest, hellish uh, grade up to the, the formless realm, right? So what allows those different beings to be in, in any of these places is the degree that they, they, they uh, subdue in a natural way that is for that lifetime the, the, the afflictions, right? So the one who is now being able to live in a formless realm, in the highest realm, is that they have subdued, all the gross afflictions are subdued and in addition to that, they have subdued a very subtle form of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the affliction. And that allows them to experience a lifetime 
where they see themselves enjo uh, having Im immense pleasure for a very long time. Okay. Uh, and there is, there is a, 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 an experience <coughs> within samsara that is not completely within <coughs> samsara. It's called a peak of, uh, peak of existence. Okay. Peak of existence is not really a, uh, you're not reborn there. Okay. All the other places you, 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 know, you go through a lifetime within one, one realm and you, 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 you die and then you're reborn <coughs> somewhere else depending on what, you know, what klesha has been subdued or been manifest. Right? So the very last, what is called the peak of existence is also called a taste of nirvana. Okay, and what you have to—it's not a place where you you find yourself being reborn into. Okay, it's like a, a what do you call it? Uh, it's like a bus stop. <laughs> uh, is that a good analogy? It's like a bus stop. You're not quite where you're not quite where you want to be yet, but you're not you're not where you were. Okay, it's like an intermediate intermediary state. Okay. So it's not a destination per se where, you, where beings are reborn, but it's a it's a it's it's a it's a sort of meditation that you enter, so that you can have a taste of what nirvana is like. And the reason that you would that you would want to have this experience is because uh, doubt, you know, you no, know, has there, there are such degrees of you know, of doubt that you can have. Uh, a subtle, a subtle level of doubt manifests where uh, you still have, a, you know, you, you have, you're, you're doing your meditation, you're doing your practice, you have some some level of faith in the path, in your in your practicing, but there's could be like you might, you might call a nagging doubt that you just can't seem to shake, and the only way for you to shake this nagging doubt would would, would be for you to have some sort of an experience where you can, where you just cannot where the, the mind that is doubting just cannot deny anymore. Okay? So that would be the reason for tasting nirvana. And of course you need to subdue a lot of, a lot of afflictions to be able to have that. And, and you would do it in your meditation. And uh, before you get into that meditation, you have to set yourself up. Okay? Because you might get stuck there for longer than you would want to be. Okay? Because you know, it's a taste of nirvana. Who wants to get rid of that taste? <laughs> but it's not—it's not something that you have much control over. So before, uh, before that, the 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 person who's about to have this experience gets into that experience, that person makes a determination: I will enter that state, and I will stay in it for seven days. I will stay in it for seven weeks. Okay? You make you make that determination, and somehow there's a clock in your mind that knows now it's seven weeks and then, and then you're back and, and, you, and you, you come out of that med meditation. Otherwise, if you don't set that, set, that, set that time up, you could go through the end of, what's that called? You could go to the end of your lifespan and you're still stuck in that meditation. Your body dies, rots or something like that. You become skeleton and you're still in that meditation. Okay. And when you come back, you don't have a body to use anymore. <laughs> Something like that. Is that funny? Oh, I thought it was funny. 
So, <laughs> and 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 the reason that you want you want to set set up a a, a time limit is is because uh, the bliss that you will experience will be so overwhelming that while you're in that bliss, you, there's no controlling that there's. You, you cannot do anything else just but experience the bliss. While you're experiencing the bliss, you cannot form any thought. Okay, I, I, okay, that's enough. Let me let me come come back. Come back. You cannot make form that thought. So if you didn't make that that time limit, then you just have to wait for that experience to just naturally, you know, uh, what's that term? Naturally fade. Naturally subside. subside. Okay. And that might take a few decades. <laughs> Okay, uh, and 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 take note uh, of this of, of this. The shorter you're able to make the time, the more powerful of a meditator you are. Okay, you have to somehow get your mind to to grab to grab this. Okay, you might think that the, you know when you're trying to meditate, right? When you when you when you're not a meditator yet, just somebody trying to meditate. The longer you're able to stay in meditation, the more powerful you are, right? But you reach a point of degree of mastery in your meditation. Now, it's not the length of time that determines your mastery in, in terms of, 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 of how long you can make it, but how short you can make it. Okay. That, and so when, you, when you're a graduate of, of meditation, the, the degree of your mastery is dependent upon how short. So like a cat nap. Yeah. <laughs> Just to recharge. You recharge. Uh, also, uh, if, if you want to throw that uh, uh, cat nap analogy, it will be like, uh, how short of a nap can you take and be recharged? Right. Yeah. So what kind of time frames are we talking about here? Oh, 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 when we get to the boomies, you're going to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> then, you can have an, you're gonna need, then you can have an appreciate of that. So first, appreciate this. The degree of when 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 you're a true master of, of, of meditation, the 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 time that you can shorten an absorption, not just you know uh, you focus for two seconds and oh I, I look at that I am master I mean we can we can all claim that right, <laughs> but you enter a, a complete absorption and you stay there for the the shorter the, sh the shortest you can make that experience happen that determines how much of the, the power of the uh, how powerful of a meditator you are okay so the person is about to in, in, induce what you might call the most powerful meditation that can be experienced on earth so to speak okay the most powerful meditation that can be experienced in samsara okay in psychic existence the shortest period of time you can make that experience determines the uh, makes you the most powerful the most po powerful meditator on on you know if there was supposed to be some sort of uh, contest who's the most powerful meditator on, on, in uh, in samsara the one who stays in that meditation the shortest is the most powerful one okay so yeah, keep that in mind because all that has a parallel with the ten bumis okay so. What determines uh, uh, when you have achieved a new boomy, a new level? Uh, uh, sorry, I did it again. Boomy. <laughs> uh, a new level. A new level? Is that what it's called? 
that when you grad when you're going from one grade to another grade another grade what's that level okay okay we use grade we use a uh, level okay what determines what makes you go to a higher level and a higher level and a higher level depends on now since you're a bodhisattva seeking uh, uh, Buddhahood what you're doing now is not simply subduing a, a particular level of, of, of uh, mental uh, affliction what you're doing is that you're completely removing that, that particular level from ever being able to manifest okay? you're destroying it Okay? That's why uh, in uh, the Hinayana, the, the lower, the lower uh, path, the path to, to only Nirvana, the, the person who achieved that state is called a destroyer. Okay? A destroyer. Because that, that person is someone who has completely destroyed those different degrees, the different shades of, of afflictions. Not just subdue them. Not just put them to sleep. Okay? So, Bumi, Bumi 1 to Bumi 10 and from uh, what, you are, what, what is being destroyed are the different grades of afflictions. Right? So the different grades of affliction are called remember? <laughs> big, big. Big, big. Big, medium. Big, medium. Big, small. Big, small. Guess what the next one is? Medium, medium, big. Medium, medium, big. Medium, medium. Medium, small. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know. Can you get the last one? The last three? Small oh, oh, okay. You're geniuses. <laughs> okay. So these are different grades of... of, of that, that, I mean, we could call them anything, right? Why not call them that? We could call them number one. <laughs> call them that too. I, I missed the, the teaching when you, you actually named these things. So why did you start with big, small? The small, big? Or does that matter? Oh, no. We start with big, big. Big, oh, whatever. Big, yeah. why do you start with big? <laughs> <laughs> whatever. You start with big and that was small. So it's bigger when you're, you know, when you're in the affliction. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, yeah, the affliction. So, so they get big, smaller as they... Smaller as they get more and more subtle. Yeah, like for, for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but right before that is, is what you call... Uh, no, what we call... These are degrees of innate afflictions. Okay. They are, so the afflictions are what you call intellectual, intellectually formed, and then innate. Okay. So the the intellectually formed uh, are the ones with you no know, that you come up with your own. You come no up. Affliction. Yeah. <laughs> and then the innate ones are the ones that you just everybody has. Everybody has and you're just deep within you. Whether you're thinking about it or not, it's there. Okay. And so, so do we actually label these things? I mean, yeah. the, the, the affliction. Generic. Yeah. No, the, it's, uh, the big one is uh, uh, ignorance. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's it's, it's these afflictions that are, they have those different grades. Right. So so ignorance has nine degrees of subtlety, you could say, and then desire has nine degrees of subtlety, and so forth. Okay. So uh, right before you 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 destroy big big. <laughs> The first thing that you destroy is intellectually formed affliction. Okay. So, so there are ten bumis and there are nine degrees of these things, right? So the first one that the first form of the affliction that you destroy is you will never have an intellectually formed affliction anymore. Okay. 
but the in innate ones are still there in, in, in their various uh, degrees. So the first Bhumi, the reason that you arrive at a state that is called the first Bhumi, the first level, now we, should, we, need, we need a better word than level. I mean, Bhumi grade. sounds so grade. grade. Okay, the first grade of a Bodhisattva? First Bodhisattva grade. Grade one, grade two. Okay. Right. <laughs> so we have, you go through a certain experience, you might even say, Ten, ten. <laughs> There's always this ten. That's why that's I say that or make that mention. So you go through this ten experiences, and finally, when you reach the tenth of that, then you you reach the f the first grade of a bodhisattva. Okay. And the first grade of a bodhisattva is determined by what did you do? What did what what happened to your being? You destroyed any potential to have an intellectually formed sort of, uh, of affliction. And, and in addition to that, what you have destroyed, you have destroyed the seeds to ever have uh, uh, attachment, gross attachment. You have destroyed the seed to have, uh, what's, called, what's that word, stingy, stingy, miserliness. Okay? So those two things have just been destroyed. And because they are destroyed, you're able to practice generosity to such a degree that is surpassing all those before you. Okay, that's why at that level, the, the Bodhisattva it, uh, practices generosity with uh, w with uh, an, an exceptional ability. And and this state is called also called the, the uh, very joy, uh, very joyful, joyful. Okay, Rabgawa, it's no, very joy. Well, the, the two words, you know, being very and joyous, but that's very joyful. Very joyful? Joyous. Joyous? Okay, joyous. <laughs> joyous. This stage, is, this, this, this stage is called joyous. And the reason that's called joyous is because, you, because of all those things that came together. You are free of, uh, uh, well, for, for the first time in your existence, you came into direct uh, perception of the true nature of reality. You know what the true nature of reality is directly. And because of that, you come to know uh, you have your, your conviction about Buddhahood is strengthened. You are, you, you are more convinced that you will achieve Buddhahood is, is, is possible to achieve. And because you remove the seeds to be miser, you move, remove the seeds to be to have gross attachment. You know, attachment to your body, attachment to to you no know, attachment to ownership, to owning things. Because you're free of that, then your mind is in always in a constant state of joy. And that's why this state is called the the joyous. Okay. Uh, what else happens? And at the very moment you achieve this, you, there. Are I'm sometimes I'm, I'm uh, sort of shy to list these twelve. There are these twelve things. <laughs> there are these twelve qualities that also manifest at the same time. So what? So this this state that you have seen. So what what happens? You destroy a deg uh, a degree of the afflictions. I mean, because because of that, your meditation is much more powerful than it was before. 
because your mind is now free of a because your mind before even though it was uh, the gross afflictions were not manifesting but they were still there you know it's like a, a, a you know room where uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of trash okay and uh, with the window open okay the window open there's a high wind okay making this uh, visualization even <laughs> more exotic the window is open <laughs> there's a high wind there's a lot of trash oh, so, so it's, everything is all over the place okay that's, that's samsaric existence <laughs> okay that's the mind of a samsaric being and then when you start when you get on the path you close the window okay but the trash is still here okay then you start picking the trash picking the trash okay when you when we start picking the trash and you start making room now you have room for virtue or you have uh, you have if if all you want is room then you have room okay so imagine the, the that's what's happening to to the mind of the, of the of the practitioner okay you're getting rid of the trash that you that you collected but you're not just collecting them in one place but you actually uh, okay, it's, it's going to get more exotic. You have a fusion reactor. <laughs> <laughs> you throw the trash in the fusion reactor and it's completely gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore. No, eventually it's co uh, to your, coming to your home near you. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you throw the trash in the fusion reactor so you don't have to worry about it ever again. So it's not a matter of, you know, moving it over there so you have space here but it's still there. So, when you have the seeds, even though the, the, the afflictions are not manifesting, even though they're not you know, twirling around, they're still there. So, it, so your mind, because it, it's holding this luggage, it's kind of difficult for it to experience certain deeper levels of, of meditation. So when you get rid of the seeds of, of, of a particular uh, degree of the klesha, it's no longer there, so your mind is free of that, and because your mind is free of that, then now you can achieve an even much more deeper level of, of, of meditation. And because you are able to achieve a much more profound, deeper level of meditation, the next time you, in, you make your mind encounter the true nature of reality, the impact is even, even much more powerful. And you are able to have a bigger effect. Okay? So now, what are the, what, what are the effects that you're experiencing? Uh, it's those 12 things and other things. Depending. So, but those twelve things are always present, from the first boom, uh, first level, first grade bodhisattva, all the way to the tenth grade bodhisattva. Okay. Here it is. You're able to. You're free because you're free. You're able to You're able to emanate a hundred emanations of yourself, and they can all look the same, or they, they, they look different. Okay. And listen to this. In one instant. In one instant, you could you have a hundred emanations going to wherever, and then in that one instant they're w withdrawn. Uh, the only way uh, it, uh, it doesn't mean that when you you can you can you can only do it for, for an instant. Okay, the reason that they mention for an instant is to show you the degree of mastery. Okay, it's not that when we are trying to meditate and then we have one second of of, of peace, uh, ooh, 
And that was such a, you, it, it, it took so much work and you're so proud of yourself, you had one second of peace. And next time you want to extend that one second to two seconds, three seconds, until you're able to have one whole minute of peace. And you are like, you know, you're in heaven. You, you, you've done the greatest thing that you ever could ever have, have done. You were able to keep your mind in peace for one, two, three, four, sixty of those. <laughs> okay. That's a lot compared to before when you couldn't have one second of peace. Okay. So, it's, that's the, the very beginner. Okay. Now that you have mastered being able to get into that peace, and being able to stay in it is not really an effort anymore. It's just, you know, you just, what you have to decide now is to come out. Okay? So, so the, 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 the length of time you're able to make it last and stop, that, that determines your mastery. I said that already, right? So when you're able to send your emanation and in a hundred of them and in one instant bring them back, that means you have achieved a great degree of mastery a great degree of freedom. Because those, remember, uh, I'm making connection, those who had a, uh, a natural subjugation of the klesh of the, ah, it's going to take a while, sorry, <laughs> to stop saying klesh. Ah. To those who had a natural uh, subjugation of these afflictions that gave them birth as a being called those who were able to have emanations, they, when they send the emanation, it doesn't just. They don't. They don't withdraw it in one second. They don't have that degree of mastery. They send the emanation. It might last a you know a few minutes, a few set, uh, a few days, a few years, depending. Okay. So. To show how it is to show the degree of mastery. That the Bodhisattva has. That's why they say in one instant. It doesn't mean that you can only do it for one instant. Okay. So you're able to have a hundred emanations in one instant, and you can have each one of these emanations have each of them have one hundred, uh, hundred uh, followers with them. So that's a thousand emanations, right? Hundred thousand, hundred. That's a thousand emanations in one instant. Uh, the next thing is uh, it, it might be confusing. You can see 100 Buddhas in one instant. And uh, it's confusing uh, with something that comes later on. You can visit 100 Buddha lands in one instant. So what would be the difference between those two? Okay, I'll give you the answer. <laughs> in, in the second case, you... Unless they all live in the same place, you have to somehow separate yourself out and go to a hundred different places. Whereas if you just see them, they could be coming to you, or you could just be seeing them in their different places. Oh yeah, yeah. But there's a difference between seeing them in their different hundred different places, having them come to you is different than you actually being able to go to a hundred different places. That's exactly the difference. Seeing a hundred Buddhas and then going to a hundred Buddha places, that, 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 that would be the difference. In, it, it, you don't necessarily have to be in the Buddha land to see the Buddha. You can see, it, you can see the Buddha from where you are. And 
And why, why, why they put the number, uh, why they limit the number? It would seem to be that you can, wherever there's a Buddha, you can see them. Right? Then why do they limit to 100? Maybe the, the level of affliction that you've removed um, now makes it possible for you to see or visit 100, but you haven't removed the level of uh. affliction to let you see more than that? Yeah, connecting with that, that's good. Uh, to be able to see a Buddha and say, oh, that's a Buddha, requires a lot of, 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 of uh, positive uh, uh, positive merit. merit. Yeah. Okay. So that's how much merit you've got. And that's how much uh, uh, the level of, of affliction that you have removed, you remove just enough so you can, that's what you're able to see. Okay. So that, that's why it's, it's at, at 100. Okay. So uh, able to understand teachings from 100 Buddhas able to what, what other stuff live for 100 eon uh, able to see into 100 eons in the future able to see into 100 eons in the past uh, what else it's all these 12 things are things are done in 100 and in, in one instant you can do it in one instant and that's the first boomi first ah sorry the first grade bodhisattva. The second grade bodhisattva, uh, what the second grade bodhisattva has done is now think of the perfections. So the perfection of giving, the perfection of um, uh, ethics, the perfection of uh, patience. patience, effort, concentration, concentration wisdom. wisdom, and then prayer and so forth. Okay. So that's the that's the that's the order that's that's going to happen. So the first bodhisattva, first bodhisattva, has a, a surpa- because of the particular affliction that they have sub- that they have uh, removed, makes it possible to practice if one of the perfections in a in a in an exceptional way. Because the first bumi, the first bodhisattva has removed the seeds to be miser to ever be miser in in. That is, for that bodhisattva, that bodhisattva, for as long as that bodhisattva exists, if that bodhisattva exists only as a f- one first level, bun- uh, first grade bodhisattva for the, for, for the rest of that bodhisattva's existence, for the rest of that bodhisattva's existence, m- that bodhisattva can never be miser. It just, it will be, it becomes impossible for that bodhisattva to have attachment to what, it, what that bodhisattva owns. That bodhis- it becomes impossible for that bodhisattva to have to ever be miser. Okay, so you have to. That's what they mean by removing the seed. Okay. And this, uh, now, at the second uh, uh, grade, second bumi, that's when the bodhisattva now is dealing with the, the nine. So now they have destroyed big B. So the third will destroy big medium, and the the fourth will have destroyed big small, and then it, and it continues that way. Okay, so what is connected with big 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 is connected with uh, the 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 affliction that makes it uh, that that that, that makes you have some sort of like moral or ethical weakness. Okay, 
that makes you uh, ethically weak. Uh, so that the affliction that makes someone unethical, that that affliction is completely destroyed. So never again would, will will that uh, bodhisattva ever be unethical. So whatever that bodhisattva does from that moment on will be ethical. Okay. Can I ask a clarification question? Mm-hmm. The, are you equating this um, ability to be unethical and the big medium? Are you saying they're one and the same? No. The 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 propensity to be unethical. Yeah. And big medium. Are you saying the big the big? Same? Okay, big big. You're yeah. saying they're the same. Yeah. Uh, the the big the uh, propensity to be unethical is an affliction. Yeah. The big big is also an affliction. No, the big big is the the seed that uh, that allows for lack of ethics. This it's the presence of it that allows for it. It's an it's an affliction. Uh. No, it's like uh, take uh, the action of stealing, for example, mm-hmm. right? There are, you could say people steal in different degrees, right? Some people go right out and rob a, rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have uh, the abstraction that that will make them not see this as. Uh, how am I gonna try to try to say it? They don't realize it's an affliction. Yeah, they don't realize it's an affliction. They, they they think it's normal. It's yeah, you know, I need my, I need I need money, and they have money in the bank. Or you know, this is a way to get money from the bank. Yeah. You you rob it. Yeah. Okay. So th- they they are incapable of making uh, a connection with their behavior as being unethical. Okay. Uh, now the person. The, the the person who cannot make themselves do that is because they are free from from this affliction that the other person has. So the person who's who can rob a bank and not no sees it as a no not something to do is 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 engrossed with with a with a with a with an affliction concerning stealing. Okay. Concerning attachment, you could say, and the person who who cannot see themselves doing that, they are free of of, of that affliction. But they have a degree of a, uh, you could say they have a, a more subtle degree of this affliction, where it's okay for them if they if they you know steal a pen or something. Okay. And both of these people are would still be on the first boomy because they haven't completely removed it's once you completely remove that propensity to steal oh, no, 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 no. unethical behavior mm. no what is being removed uh. on the different grades are the seeds not the manifest form of them right, right, right. so they're already subdued and because if they're subdued the, the, the bodhisattva is ethical the bodhisattva is uh, is, is, is generous but because they have removed uh, the seed, the, the the actual propensity. So, so there would be no capacity. No, yeah, it, yeah exactly. That. There's no capacity at all 
for that behavior. Okay. So it's, uh, it's not so much that because of that po- specific propensity being present that uh, people are unethical. Uh, like for example, uh, in, in a worldly in a worldly sense, we are we we, we, we behave as, as ethical as ethically as possible, and we still have that that seed present. Okay. But it's it's the degree to which you subdue it that allows it to to control you or something like that. Okay. What, you, what you're calling seeds is the same thing we call obscurations. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's uh, I don't know how many of those twelve I mentioned, but these are the ones I think you might be interested in. A <laughs> uh, hundred what? A hundred more. Be able to visit a hundred Buddhas at the same time. Be able to open a hundred doors of Dharma. What does that mean to you? Being able to live, uh, liberate a hundred beings from suffering or from <laughs> jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the commentary, the commenting is left to you. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, the no, you, you can read about it. Visiting these hundred Buddhas all at once, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But what would you do? You consult with them in a flash like that? Mm. And what would be the, the point of visiting hundred Buddhas at once? That seems a basic question. I, the very reason that you would want to visit a Buddha right now, that, 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 that purpose would be fulfilled. And it would be fulfilled in one instant. Mm. Now because, uh, you know, Buddhas being Buddhas, they <laughs> they are you know they transcend time, they transcend space. So what you know, it's a it's a very relative term to say one instant. Remember that <laughs> one instant. What I mean, relative to what? Okay. So and there, there's also one of the powers of, of when when the powers get bigger and bigger and bigger. And when when it, when it relates to time, is to be able to stretch uh, stretch one instant to whatever whatever length of time you want. <laughs> so you can have one instance last an eon, or you can make an eon last an instant. This is just sort of a the first freeze. Oh, yeah. There is proof. It's catching. <laughs> proof in that the mind mm-hmm. is that uh, to see a hundred Buddhas, it just that's just it sort of uh, gives you proof in your mind or proof in the oh. existence. Or oh, the, the purpose of my my. Right. Or oh, seeing the hundred. I mean, prior to that you weren't you weren't able to see a hundred or you weren't over here to see a Buddha. Mm. So now you're able to, and this gives you. Or n- not so much, not so much for the purpose of gaining uh, faith, of, of of loosening doubt, uh, because at the moment 
when you had the uh, direct experience of the true nature of reality, that experience itself was was enough to to shake any doubt about whether or not they are Buddhas. Okay. Now visiting Buddha is just you know now you're convinced they are where they are. You're able to use your your what's it called sonar no. Buddha sonar. <laughs> <laughs> the Buddha sonar to say okay where okay where's the Buddha where Buddha is okay there's a Buddha over there and then you able to see that Buddha. And you can see a hundred of them. And you can go to a hundred of them. Uh, it's like that. Not so much for proof, but uh, or for the very purpose that you... Why would you... Knowledge of... Yeah. You're not there yet. To, to gain knowledge, to study from them, to to study from them. Like for, for now, uh, would you like to see a Buddha? Yes. Okay. Would, you, would it be just to prove to yourself that there are Buddhas? Yes. Oh, there's a Buddha. Okay, now I can go. <laughs> <laughs> well... You would, you would... It would be... Uh, yeah. It would be a learning experience. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, right, right. That's your essay assignment. What would you do if you saw a Buddha? <laughs> I don't think I'd write about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it, it, the purpose of knowing where the Buddhas are is to serve them and to learn from them. You don't have to be. You know, right now, when you're not, uh, when you're not, when you're not able to directly see a Buddha, you, you're just guessing, and you're hoping. I hope if this person uh, is suspicious, Leah could be a Buddha, and then you know it's just suspicion, it's just guesswork in your mind. But at that level, you're able to say, "Oh, that's that's a Buddha. That's the, uh, that I know," and you're and you're able to go to them. Okay. So just the fact that you have these different grades, these beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of laid out. This is the process that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Aren't these attachments? In a form, you know, they have expectations to go through these things and in a form of attachment. No, when when you're outside, completely outside of it, yeah, they can be they can be attachment because you have a seat for attachment. Anything can be can can be an object for attachment. Enlightenment itself, right? Can that can be for a lot of people? It is until until you're free of of, a t- of the of the meat of of the capacity to be. Attach. You, anything can be something for you to be attached to. But when you when you're approaching the actual goal itself, you you becoming less and less. Yeah. So you can say the attachments are better than others. You're better to be attached to that, and you have the goal to be free of attachment, rather than being attached to, you know, ice cream. <laughs> Well, unless it's uh, you know, butter pecan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so th- I think that's it. Unless you have any other questions. So that's sort of like laid out the the understanding of what the different grades are. So at each at each, what makes you graduate to a different grade is you have remove a particular seed, a particular what's it capacity for a particular uh, affliction. And because of that freedom, all these things become enhanced. Your meditation becomes much more powerful. Your your capacity to whatever that uh, that affliction, well, uh, the specific thing that affliction was uh, obstructing, becomes manifest in in a, in an exceptional way. 
like giving, for example, and now ethics in the second in the second uh, uh, grade bodhisattva, and the third grade bodhisattva after is uh, patience, because you have removed something, the anger. seed of something. Anger. Yeah. Anger. You have removed the seed the, the the seed for that. No longer do you have the capacity to ever be that, and because of that, your patience is an uh, exceptional level. So it's like the inverse of whatever the affliction was. Yeah, 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 specifically. All right. Any questions? Any questions? I just have huh? one thing about uh, you. You said on the when you reach the first bumi, you, you remove attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also said that the that the first bumi you remove the intellectually formed ones. So you're saying attachment is something you learn through your life. It's it's a it's one that you gain as you go through life. It's not one that's inborn. Oh no. Uh, a grade of attachment is removed. Not this. Not the. Not the actual seed of attachment itself is removed. Not the innate seed. So later on, you remove that one. Yeah. Um, but but at the third or whenever you you perfect patience, you're removing the most the you're removing the innate level of anger. Yeah. Uh, so so alright, so anger gets cut out before the gro- before the most before attachment, really. Yeah. Actually, uh, attachment is considered to be, uh, Attachment, uh, attachment, uh, the cousin or the sister of desire, is it, considered to be the most uh, uh, the most difficult of the affliction to truly get rid of. If, if, if the the what do you call it the uh, as far as Mayana Buddhism is concerned, the display that the Buddha made of achieving enlightenment. Mm. The very last thing to get, to get rid of wasn't ignorance. It was desire. But what, what was it that was, right before he reached enlightenment, what was it that, 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 uh, that was his uh, test, so to speak? That he tested the students or that he no, his uh, test for himself? Test for himself when he was displaying when he sat under the tree and is about to reach enlightenment. Right, the Maras. The Maras. Uh-huh. Desire. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how did he prove to himself that he never came here? When he wasn't, uh, when he didn't. Didn't fall prey to, didn't their, fall prey to, to, their, to their temptations. Uh, right. And what were the temptations put before? Uh, to be, to be, to be the king of the world, so to speak. To have ev- to have everything you you you, you uh, as as that goes again to have everything you can your heart desire yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah okay no more questions <laughs> all right all right. So do have uh, uh, if you don't have your your names, contact information. If you want us to inf- let you know when class have resumed or when 
other things may be happening here. So please give us your contact information if you want. All right, so we do now the closing thing that we do when we close. <laughs> and this time we will recite it in both uh, Tibetan and English. Wait a minute. Okay. Page uh, 16 again. Like that, we uh, 
some long break. Don't do the prostrations as well. Right. So that we'll meet again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Something like unconditional.